welcome both of you. I'm Michelle um, Gevdekorns, the founder of Eternal Being. Um, we're on the 21st Central Healing podcast today. I'd like to welcome you both here. Very exciting times ahead for you both and for Eternal Being as well. Um, I'd like to introduction of Nutritree Pharmacy. So Shay, I'm turning it over to you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Uh, really excited to be here. Um, so I am Shailen Patel. I am a qualified pharmacist. Um, I've been qualified for about four or five years now. And um, this experience that I've had has led me to really understand how I can best apply the skills that I learned in university and in practice, which led me towards exploring alternative ways to help people heal. And that's led me towards medicinal cannabis which is why uh, Ed and I have started off Nutri Pharmacy, which is a medical cannabis pharmacy <laughs> that specializes Yay! in plant-based therapies. <laughs> so, yeah. No, lovely. Thank you, Shay. Over to you, Ed. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so, hi there, Michelle. My name Hello. is Ed. Uh, newly qualified doctor. I, about, about myself, so I've known Shay for 20 years. We actually worked together. Better. <laughs> yeah yeah we were neighbors when we were kids uh and then the, we you know we we always you know kept together whilst during our time at university and when we met up once in a weatherspoons car park the, <laughs> I love it. The, yeah you know it's it's, a, it's our origin story we we're discussing the cannabis space yeah and you know he was discussing from his point of view from a pharmacist and i was saying that you know i've not seen much from a medical point of view and we decided to open up Ascension Gardens. Uh, you know, initially started off as teaching other doctors and pharmacists about the space. And obviously we were pivoted and launched our online cannabis pharmacy. And uh, it's since October last year, it's been an exciting journey. It's had its obstacles, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something different and something definitely very exciting, very challenging, so. Yeah, and growing. Well. Yeah, and, and growing as well, you know, and those challenges and overcoming those challenges to move it forward, which is amazing. So much hard work and graft that you've put into the business, but the fact that you've known each other for over 20 years just brings the essence of what you're all about, which is an amazing thing, absolutely amazing thing. It's coming coming from the heart. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. So Shay, um, what made you go into pharmacy in the first place? What was, was it something that you thought about as a little boy or? Uh, definitely not something I saw myself doing as a little boy. Um, I've always been fascinated by human biology um, and I always liked doing chemistry in school as well, but mostly biology. And I didn't really know what I wanted to go into and I kind of fell into it because I had a lot of family members that were doing pharmacy at the time and medicine at the time. So it was the sort of natural progression for me uh, and a way to kind of um, express what I was good at and what I was interested in. And that led me down pharmacy because I knew that as a pharmacist, I would be able to speak to patients and speak to people and not just be tucked away in a lab somewhere um, <laughs> mixing chemicals. <laughs> and Ed, yourself, what made you go into pharma? Um, into correct myself dyslexic moment there into uh, into medicine uh my mum my mum okay. made it very clear when I was a kid she said uh, you're going to be a doctor dentist or a lawyer um, <laughs> so, very, yeah, very straight to the point straight down the yes yeah, she's she's a Nigerian mother's so um yeah she 
dentistry wasn't for me, neither was law. Medicine, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad my mum pushed me towards it because I love it. You know, it's uh, something that I was, she, she recommended I do. And since going into it, I couldn't see myself doing anything else, to be honest. I, I love speaking to people. I love helping people. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to be in it, to be honest. But my mum was my inspiration for it. So. And basically, that how long is your process of becoming where you are now? She said you're newly qualified as a doctor. So how long is the process for yourself, um, Ed, and for you, Shay, for how long you've been, you know, how long it took you to get qualified? So just so the guys out there can understand how much in depth knowledge that you've actually both of you have got together as combined yeah uh, yeah okay yeah I'll go home. so I guess my journey started when I was 14 yeah that's when you know I wanted to start doing it do a bit of work experience obviously a levels between 16 and 18 and then I actually had two gap years because I played rugby up in Leicester but I started 20 to 26 so I did six years at university um and now I'm 27 yeah, oh, so you're spring chicken. You're a spring chicken, <laughs> When you get into your 40s, then you'll be saying something completely different. So, <laughs> And Shay, yourself? Um, yeah, so for me, I started off uh, in college, getting a bit of work experience at my local community pharmacy, uh, just getting a feel for how it would be, um, and then went to university back in 2012, um, and it took me five years to qualify as a pharmacist. So long journey, um, but it was worth it in the end because now I'm getting to do what I actually enjoy doing instead of uh, yeah, instead of what I don't. So it's just really, it's a really rewarding journey at the end of it. And going back to you, Shay. So your experience of the healthcare system from a pharmacist perspective, how have you found it, especially in the early days? Yeah, so in the early days, uh, I was expecting it to be completely different to what I was taught at university. Yeah. Um, at university, you're taught that pharmacy standards are held at the highest degree, um, and it's all about the patient and focusing on the patient. When I started practicing as a pharmacist, I realized that that wasn't the reality, and it wasn't about putting the patient first, and it was almost profit-driven and about increasing the amount of prescriptions you can get through, the amount of sales you can get through. Uh, and at the, as a result of that, that really reduced the quality of care that was offered to patients. Now I worked across multiple different pharmacies, uh, large chain pharmacies, as well as smaller independents. Um, now, a lot of them do try to offer the customer care because you still have to offer that. But I've felt that over the years, as, as practicing as a pharmacist, that has slowly declined with the pressure that uh, the NHS is currently facing, uh, that has trickled down into the primary care sector where pharmacies are operating with from a lower budget now and there's not as much incentive for them to offer that patient-centred care uh, that they do want to provide, but it's just not economical for them. Um, topped on, to on top of that, there is a lack of staff amongst a lot of pharmacies as well. So it's extra burden on the pharmacists and the pharmacy team in general to try and provide a high level quality care while still operating the pharmacy and making sure that prescriptions are done on time. So my experience of pharmacy wasn't what I was expecting um, and of the primary care sector, it wasn't what I was expecting. I thought that there was gonna be better communication between the GP surgery and the pharmacy. Uh, now we know that's not true for a variety of different reasons, 
the GPs are facing their own pressures and the surgeries facing their own issues. Um, it's hard for patients to even get in contact with their GPs. Um, so as a result of that, more patients are coming into the pharmacy to try and get some sort of guidance and help to try and help them manage the medication that uh, a lot of the work that the surgeon should be doing at GP, uh, pharmacies now having to take on some of the burdens, which comes with it a lot of extra stress. Um, and as a result, the patient is, is paying the price for it. So that isn't something I thought the healthcare system was, was about. Um, and obviously reality is completely different. Um, and there are multiple reasons for this. Funding is one of them. Um, a lack of staff is another one. A lack of incentive uh, from an economical perspective um, and also a lack of technology, uh, that health technology yeah. that could be implemented to save a lot of time and make better informed decisions from an operational standpoint. And that really means that it gives a patient more freedom and less stress to worry about their medication. Um, and gives them more confidence in our, our, their healthcare professionals knowing that, you know, someone is man managing their medication, someone is reminding them to book appointments and someone is, you know, um, trying to get them in for consultations if they're identifying issues with their medication. So uh, there's multiple ways that we can improve this system, definitely. And also, you know, I, I've seen a lot of this in the clinic um, and working with pharmacists coming for help and support um, emotionally, physically, mentally, but more importantly to do with their gut because then as you've quite put, quietly put, the stress that it has on pharmacists is huge um, and the limited amount of pharmacists to cover shifts. So they're working all around the clock. They're not getting a break when they're supposed to get a break. They're not going to toilet when they're supposed to go into toilet and they're holding it and it's making them ill. And they're having to make such massive decisions as well, double checking and triple checking everything. And with those added stresses on top of it, it's wow, you know? So thank you for sharing that with us, Shay, because, you know, you've given, the insight of actually what is actually happening when I've seen it with with the pharmacists that I work in the clinic that are my clients and and helping them to facilitate changes to, to their life to make their quality of life better um one particular pharmacy that um pharmacist sorry that I've, I've been working with she was doing doing a shift at um a doctor's surgery um but they'd locked the doctor's toilets and she was on a shift for five hours and she couldn't go to toilet which was insane on a Saturday morning, you know, to do the prescriptions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite scary really considering their welfare is not thought about either. It's not just, it's not just the patients, it's the pharmacist as well. So. Yeah, it can, yeah. It can be stressful. Um, and obviously after the pandemic, pharmacy has usually been the first port of call for patients as well. Yeah. So there's been a, an increase in, in burden for healthcare professionals across the primary sector. Um, and as a result, that's, you know, if, if someone who's supposed to be promoting health is also under pressure, they're not able to really give the best um, service to patients, which mm. a lot of professionals are burning out over, yeah, including total doctors burnout. as well. And that's what I'm seeing, total burnout, nothing left. They're going home, they're sleeping, they're not necessarily eating the right foods, they're highly stressed out, and it's like this vicious circle. 
going round and round and round and they don't, they don't know how to get off the wheel. And it's, you know, and, and especially if they're the main breadwinner at home as well, that's all that they've got the families to think about. So it's not just one setting, it's all their different settings outside that. Now, coming back to Nutripharmacy, um, what, what are the treatments would you like to see more readily available for, for patients? What would you like to see? What would you like to see the changes, both of you? Changes, what, in terms of from Nutripharmacy itself or within the healthcare system itself? Both, both. So start, start with Nutripharmacy and then try and interlink them together if you can. Okay, so with Nutripharmacy, I mean, something that... <sighs> it's quite it's quite a wide question so with regards to nutri-pharmacy obviously we're mainly focused on medicinal cannabis yeah however medicinal cannabis itself is still not offered actually in the public domain from the nhs so one thing we would like to see in the future is the incorporation of medicinal cannabis into a lot of indications that have been treated yeah. now one area that we you know we we've we've identified that a lot of patients are coming from is mental health. Now, there's a lot more could be done with regards to mental health uh, in terms of, you know, there's a lot of funding that has been cut from primary care and a lot of uh, accessibility to, you know, counselling, for example, from a primary, um, from, a, from a patient's perspective. But in terms of what medicinal cannabis can do, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, so what we want to offer part of Nutri pharmacy and what treatments want to work with is medicinal cannabis primarily it's plant-based therapies now medicinal cannabis is such a broad range of different therapies uh, it isn't one size fits all so when we talk about medicinal cannabis we have to understand that it is technically one plant but there's so many different active ingredients within that plant that can be utilized for the benefit of the patient now, the two most common ones that everyone knows of is cbd and thc now that's only just scratching the surface of the plant um, and it's still very early days in terms of research but over the last 10 years incredible research has gone into uh, the different other chemicals that are part of the plant that can also be used and utilized magic for powers the magic power yeah. shay the magic powers <laughs> it's, it's a versatile plant it is actually a magical plant when it you think about it plant. there's 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 no other plant like it on, on the planet um, as, as far as i can i can tell um and the therapeutic uses of it we're only just understanding how to best utilize it so with regards to nutrient pharmacy we want to start off by um, raising awareness first and foremost about medicinal cannabis and telling patients that you know there is an alternative uh, alternative treatment path available for people who have tried traditional pharmaceutical therapies yeah. and I think that's a, a key point here to, for a lot of patients to understand is there there are multiple ways to treat a condition and if a certain way hasn't worked then there are options and for patients who have tried traditional therapies and have not experience any benefit and who feel stuck, um, we want them to understand that there are options available for them to try and medicinal cannabis could be one of them if they are suitable. Um, so we want to raise awareness and educate patients on this plant. I think uh, that's really... the biggest one there. Sorry to interrupt there, Shay, but this is the, the thing that I'm very passionate about is the education. It's the education and the knowledge to, to, to patients. Um, and I've seen that over and over again because I've been using CBD in the clinic for over six years now. Um, and I swear by it. 
you know clients clients are not daft clients are not stupid they do their research beforehand um we have it with thc and and without um and it works it, it works because you're getting the body into that parasympathetic way getting the body to relax and if they've tried so many other medications and they've got all these secondary conditions they just don't know what's wrong with them anymore so when you work with the with the with the patient and you work with basically the the health practitioner to reduce some of the other medications or they're wanting to come completely off with with the healthcare it makes such a massive difference it changes people's lives they're, they're, they're feeling better they're feeling awake they're not in pain anymore they haven't got anxiety anymore they haven't got depression anymore um and you see that and you see it in sports people it's, it was nice to hear about ed's um when he was younger that he was you know in the rugby team we deal with lots of rugby players within the clinic and it works with athletes as well you know when you're looking at cbd without thc because of drug testing obviously um so so yeah no it's 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 important but going back to why cannabis though why is cannabis so important why is it why is it better than a prescription drug why it's a good question michelle um sometimes it's important to understand that cannabis can be better than prescription drugs. And there is definitely a place for traditional pharmaceutical medications. And yeah. we're not advocating for uh, complete natural therapies because there's always gonna be patients who will benefit from traditional pharmaceutical uh, medication. But cannabis provides an alternative that can potentially be more effective and potentially be more safer. Um, if we compare cannabis's side effect profile to commonly other prescribed medications, opioids, for example, um, we can see that the risks can be reduced. Um, you know, the risk of addiction in cannabis is, is nowhere near what it is for opioids. Um, and you can't overdose on cannabis either. So this, the safety profile of cannabis is, from the research we have right now, better than a lot of what is commonly prescribed. There's still a lot more research that needs to be done in that area, but we do know it's a fairly safe medication compared to other medications if used correctly and under the guidance of healthcare professionals. Um, so cannabis, another good thing about cannabis is it's not just one active ingredient, you know, and it doesn't only just target one condition. We've seen multiple patients that um, have for example, mental health condition like anxiety and depression, but are also suffering from physical symptoms like pain or neuropathic pain. Uh, so by taking cannabis, it's, it's almost like taking one medication to treat multiple conditions at the same time. And as a result of that, what we've seen and the evidence has shown this is a lot of patients can then reduce other pharmaceutical medications that are taken. Yeah. Um, and commonly is, a common medication that can be reduced is opioids. So things like cocodamol, um, meth, uh, morphine, oxycodone, oxycontin, fentanyl, those types of medications we've seen people reduce significantly um, and they've experienced, you know, feeling like zombies to being more aware and having more control and you know, having a better quality of life uh, in their day. And that's just from switching from one medication to another. And often they use it together. It's not, it's not always a direct switch. Um, initially, they will have to take it side by side whilst they're reducing the other medication. But as a result, their side effects are reduced. 
you know, they're able to live uh, a better quality of life, able to move around and actually think. So that, that's why I think cannabis is a, is a very incredible tool and medicine that we have available uh, for patients. And uh, sorry, building on what Shay said, it's a tool at the end of the day, it's, and it's another tool. You know, a lot of doctors, you know, and a lot of patients have exhausted a lot of other options. Yeah. Exhausted a lot of options that are currently on, you know, that, that are available to the doctor or available to most healthcare practitioners. So if this is another tool and provide an alternative, that, you know, as Shay has already alluded to, there's a lot of good evidence coming out. Granted, it's anecdotal because there are some issues around doing, you know, the randomized control trials that, you know, we, we would like to see. Yeah. However, there's a lot of good evidence and a lot of patients that we've spoken to. I mean, hearing the stories firsthand from the patients of how their lives have improved and how they're able to do certain things and, and just hearing the buzz in their voice. It's just like it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely it is, in all honesty, considering all I learned in medical school is that cannabis gives you psychosis and it's bad for you. Now hearing a patient tell me how it's changed their life and they now have better quality of life because of this. It's I mean, it's it's it's, you're having to un, I'm having to unlearn everything and then almost relearn what uh, cannabis can really do so in all honesty I, I, it's uh, why cannabis because it's I, I'm learning a whole new area of medicine and it's uh, I feel like a sponge at the moment so uh, and also with cannabis it's always good to remember that it's we're only just scratching the surface with it and as important as it is to understand what we already do know about cannabis we should also be thinking about what we don't know about cannabis. Okay. And there is plenty to, to be learned about cannabis and how to best use it in practice. Um, and we're just scratching the surface. We only really know uh, a fair amount about THC and CBD. Now we know there's minor cannabinoids like um, CBC, CBG, which is a parent molecule, uh, CBN, and also terpenes, which really haven't explored enough. Now, terpenes have been used historically uh, in aromatherapy, which we know works. You know, if you go for a massage and you you have some uh, aromas, lavender, for example, coming in, it helps relax the body and the mind. So, and these are found prevalently throughout cannabis and more so in cannabis than any other plant so there's lots to learn about cannabis and and really understand how we can best use all of these different compounds in there and mix them together for the right patient the right indication and at the right dose yeah no it's uh, and with regards to holistic medicine it fits in perfectly absolutely perfectly so what made you want to look at holistic medicine and to bring it both together? Because for me, it's the icing on the cake. When you bring both fields together and the knowledge and the power that you have to make that magic happen is where it comes from. And to share that with you guys is amazing, you know, to see what happens with clients, like you say, that they come in and they look half dead. And then by the end of it, when you've, you've got the right people that are involved to facilitate that change with the client, it's amazing. You know, I've seen that with stroke clients in particular um, and working with CBD and THC because basically what happens is, is that working with the doctors that I work with, with um, a hospital up north, not disclosing anything, but hospital up north, them coming off, all the painkillers, all the stuff that they're on, and the doctors are prescribing it, which is 
awesome to see that, you know, helping the nurses understand because they were very scared of it. But like yourselves, you know, not being taught about this amazing plant and about what it actually does. They were unsure about the levels and so on for me from coming from not cannabis, but from CBD. Okay. And, and helping them understand what the different levels are and the different methods of taking it as well and how that aids in with the digestion systems, how they're going to break it down. They were astonished, absolutely astonished. I said, well, this is all you need to understand. And seeing that change in them, going too high is not always the answer. Going with the lower is normally a better answer to with that particular, with a particular patient or client. So, but, but for you guys, are you working with other holistic practitioners and stuff out there at the moment? Uh, so not so much holistic practitioners. We work with specialist doctors who, who specialize in a particular area. But I think going back to your point in why treating someone holistically is important is because uh, we're now starting to understand that the body is linked in more ways than we previously had known. You know, the gut's linked uh, to the brain significantly, the heart's linked to the brain, and there's a lot of communication between the different systems. So when there's an imbalance in one system, there can be an imbalance in another system. So by treating the body as a whole, you have a better chance of bringing the whole body back into homeostasis, uh, which is body, the body's in a balance and how, how it operates at its optimum. Um, and with cannabis, it provides that holistic approach because it can treat so many different conditions at the same time. You know, it has anti-inflammatory properties um, it also can help with the immune system or has had shown evidence help with the immune system. Um, there was a recent uh, study published that could potentially, uh, you know, be effective at COVID. And they're looking into to ways in which they can best explore that and then use as a medication for COVID. So there's multiple ways in which cannabis can work in your body, which treats it holistically. So even if you are focusing on a particular uh, symptom, pain for example but as a result you also have uh, anxiety associated to that pain cannabis can work in both ways because cbd can reduce anxiety and the cbd anti-hc can also help uh, with the pain management side of things so it is a holistic plant um, and it can be used in holistic uh, holistic healthcare so very powerful and it's, and it's cbd is great for implants for when somebody's got piles I'll let you know that one. That's what we use it within the clinic. It makes a massive difference, huge, huge difference. And I use it in treatments all the time. Um, and getting that body to relax before you treat is really important, depending on their conditions and stuff when they come to you. So by giving them, say, for instance, CBD gummy, just to reduce the stress, if they've had a stressful day, for them to digest that and then doing colon massage with with basically cbd with essential oils like you said just a minute ago shay with lavender or lemon babinum or any of those things so the environment is really critical to get that body to relax and that's how the body then can the gut can then move and and get that muscle as i call it make it move into a sexy caterpillar instead of acting like a slug that it should be with this big tummy out here when it's not necessarily nobody needs to be having that excess waste inside them we need to get it moving you need to purge it and release purge it and release you know it's really important and space now is like <laughs> it's always oh, going to come back down to poo with me always yeah, going to come back down yeah. to poo <laughs> 
I like the analogies of uh, sexy caterpillars. Yeah, but <laughs> so you know what? You have to make it simple for clients, and 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 by connecting with them and getting them to smile and making them laugh, it, you get people to relax, and it's it's important, and it's also a trust thing as well because what 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 we're wanting to do is to get people to trust, to understand the plant. And that's important. And the more sense of humor you can have with it, with the knowledge as well, is really, really important for me to get that out there. Now, what are, the, what are you professionally facing at the moment with, with medicine, with coming, you know, you did the pilot in October time and to where you are now, both of you? The main obstacles or the main challenges? Yeah, both. Awareness. You know, one one huge issue we're having is increasing the awareness. Like uh, any new person that we speak to about this, their main question is: Is it legal? Uh, will I get arrested for this? I had no idea it's been legal. This has been legal since November two thousand and eighteen uh, to get a prescription privately from a from a specialist. And you know, the numbers of active patients in the UK are still less than ten thousand. You know, Germany legalised one year before us, and they've got over a hundred thousand. Patients, wow. so yeah, there's some, there's something, wow. yeah. Even, even on social media, a lot of the, you know, our advertisements are, you know, there's, a, there's only so much we can say about medicinal cannabis because it yeah. is a controlled drug. Um, and look, we're not here to try and promote it and say that this is a drug for everyone, but no, it's just increasing so. awareness to say that it's available if you were considering it. So it's, it's trying to. Our main obstacle, in all honesty, has just been trying to let people know it's available, it's legal. And you do get it as a prescription from a specialist doctor. Yeah. Everything's regulated. And we're, we're going to explore that in our next two podcasts and stuff, you know, regards to how referrals take place with yourselves and so on, and how we to contact you as well. Because as you quite quietly put there, uh, is that not everybody knows or knows the knowledge of this can be a tool for them. This can be an option for them. They can, they can, this could be ready available with, with the right protocols, with the right referral process. And, you know, we, they need to be able to trust it. Does that make sense? Where, and you will have those regular reviews and stuff on a regular basis, unlike sometimes with other fields that's not taking place. It's shaped spoke about right at the beginning of the podcast and the strains that there is in certain medical professions you know at the moment what do you see the impact in the next five to ten years is regards to medical cannabis building on the last comment you just said in terms of building trust and then that'll lead on to the impact is yeah we're trying to build trust but in order to build trust we need people to ask more questions yes. because people have their guard up as soon as you mention cannabis it's almost just like oh no this is illegal it's bad that's people have been conditioned that's the thing exactly. and yeah, it's yeah. about re not i have people with conditioned behavior all the time in my clinic so i'm having to to break break those shields down and also the ego side of things as well because like you say they're going to be very guarded they're going to be very defensive they're going to think of somebody being stoned in the background with a big spliff in the hand and the whole yeah. bit it's not like yeah. that at all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> far from it okay yeah. this is to help you this is not to get high we need to make that clear okay and it's like I say, going back to you, like you said about my sexy caterpillar and all the rest. And it's making it simple. It's making yes. it simple, simple understanding. Um, but as you you said, and I didn't know about that figure about Germany and so on, how big their number is out there on 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 taking it. 
are you struggling with basically getting it out the communication out there because of the UK or have you got people that work in other countries that can help you to get that knowledge out as well? So it's a tricky one because Germany have a slightly different healthcare system than yeah. us. Um, so Germany's healthcare system is managed more locally within the different uh, areas of Germany. Yeah. So there's more, there's more free reign for prescribers to go into medicinal cannabis. Whereas here in the UK, everything's just so tightly regulated. You know, you have the GMC, which regulates all the yeah. doctors. Uh, the GPC regulates all the pharmacists. So it's very hard to, um, to go off and try new things without getting the approval. Um, and also being a Schedule 2 control drug in the UK, um, it's, there's some there's marketing aspects that we are not, there's, mes- there's a meshing aspect that we're not allowed to educate in certain regards. Um, so there's things we are allowed to say and there's things we're not allowed to say. So we're trying to work with the regulators to yeah. find out what message we can get across in the best way that's going to help patients. Um, and it's about getting the wording right, but also trying to be truthful um, and not always painting the perfect picture, especially when something is new. Uh, so with cannabis, we, we need to highlight the risks involved as well as the benefits involved. And that also will help build trust amongst patients because um, if they realize that it is, a, it is a medication, just like any other medication, people can start to think of it more like a traditional medication they'll go to their pharmacy and get. Um, and trying to think of a plant in the same sort of picture as a pill, it's hard to, it's hard to equate the two right now. Even though the cannabis plant itself can be taken medicinally in so many different forms. You know, they, they're yeah. available in capsules now. They're available as patches, as vape, de- vape devices, as oils, as like well CBD. as the CBD, CBD, that's how I treat with the CBD and, and you know, depending on their digestion system, how, how their body's going to cope with it. Well, you know, for one person, a capsule is okay. Some people it's better oil, how quickly it needs to get into the body and absorbed as well. You know, they're all things that, basis it is took into consideration when you're you're choosing the right thing for for that patient and client um and regards to 2018 so i just want to bring this one up just because i know people on my podcast and that i'll be asking the questions basically it all changed in 2018 why did that why what what was the change why did it happen just so to, to give the knowledge out there both of you so Two children, uh, Billy Caldwell and Alfie Dingley. Um, they, um, the work of their their mothers, in all honesty, uh, it was pivotal in actually changing the law back in 2018. They, both children, suffer from a very severe form of epilepsy, and when their mothers obviously tried to go to another country to actually get medication and bring it into the UK, they were stopped at customs. Uh, their medication was removed from them, and then obviously there was an uproar after this uh, and then obviously Theresa May's constituency then uh, if I remember rightly was quoted that I think it was I'm pretty sure it's Theresa May's constituency then um, allowed for medicinal cannabis to be prescribed by a specialist now 
since then, uh, so Hannah Deacon, she, uh, you know, I don't think she'll mind me mentioning her. She's done a lot of great work with Professor Mike Barnes. So Professor Mike Barnes was the first clinician to prescribe medicinal cannabis in the UK. So um, big shout out to him and a lot yes. of the great work he's done. Yeah, Professor Mike Barnes, if you're if you're watching You've this, done it. I'm, with a I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm a massive fan. Yeah. Um, we yeah, look, we wouldn't really be here without the work of those guys back in 2018. So give me a goosebump moment, Ed. It's giving me a goosebump moment. Yeah. <laughs> in, in all honesty, if if anyone wants good reading, read the great work that um, uh, Charlotte Caldwell and Hannah Deacon have done. Because they've that's sheer a sheer mother's perseverance has changed the law in the UK, and it's you know inadvertently it's gonna help millions of people in the UK. So in all honesty, thank you to those guys for what they've done. Those women, sorry, yeah, what they've done. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm I wanted to bring it back to that because I think that's the key point here. Okay, and why you're doing what you're doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's down to people like that that. Are, you know, four and four and four and tried alternative medicine and it works. It works. And you should be allowed the opportunity to try that if you want to. And I think that's yeah. really important to get that out there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna basically next week when you guys come into the studio because unfortunately the guys couldn't come in today. They're that busy. So yeah. they're coming up from uh, London. Um, next next week next Monday and Tuesday um, we're gonna we're gonna be taking this further with the podcast and we're going to be breaking it down into sections it was just a quick overview today of what we are going to be doing together but more importantly how the system works with your triage basically and how we're going to break it down to clients can understand how to contact you and and to understand that that you're there to help um, and how basically not to be scared no question is stupid as well that's really important and it's you know to help people understand that that basically you're normal people <laughs> as well okay is that because a lot of people do get scared by the medical profession you know they do they do get scared to ask certain questions and so on some people don't some people don't but if they know that you're easy and approachable and to see a face also helps as well you know so but Thank you both for you today. Um, have an amazing day. Um, and we will see you next week in the studio. Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you, Michelle. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Take Great care. Day. Have an awesome Thank day. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.